Good morning, everyone. I want to thank you all for being here today, in person and virtually, on a beautiful morning here in Houston, Texas, city of my birth. I want to thank Galen Roshi for this opportunity to speak. It is always such a, an honor and a surprise to be asked. And it is an honor to accept. It always gives me an opportunity to uh, take stock of my own life. And that's a very important action. We should all do it regularly, with or without a Dharma talk. I want to thank all of my colleagues on the Finance Committee. Parmita is here today. Thank you, Parmita. Galen, also a member of this committee. And um, I want to thank everyone who contributes financially to our organization and invite those who would like to, to do so as well. Very important offering to sustain our practice here. Critical. I'm a financial advisor and we live in a world of money, whether we like it or not. And our organization is subject to the same forces. I want to thank everybody who leads our Zen Center and contributes all sorts of forms of leadership. Couldn't do it without you. And I especially want to thank today my wife, Hannah, who is here today, and my son, August. And my daughter, Abby, is also practicing with us today. She, however, is practicing on the field hockey field. <laughs> Another form of very intense practice. I want to start by saying and observing, we live in very uncertain times, don't we? I see heads nodding. <laughs> I don't see anyone... <laughs> And when we think of uncertainty, we may well understand that it references the future. <clears throat> but we often feel and sense uncertainty directly in the present. So uncertainty is very powerful, uh, like it can transcend time, jumping from the future to the present. Uncertainty refers to the essential unknown of all that comes next. And next after that, one next opening to the next, unfolding along with the passage of time. Uncertainty placed upon uncertainty. The word uncertainty has some negative connotation some fear or worry associated with it, maybe because of the distinct chances that bad outcomes may develop in the future. Another word with a more benign sound, however, 
is possibility. These two concepts, uncertainty and possibility, may be very similar or even identical in meaning in many cases. I think it's interesting to think first of the structure of possibility placed upon possibility. It seems very positively self-reinforcing, very optimistic. And then think about uncertainty placed upon uncertainty. There's a very different tenor to it. But I'm not so sure that the meanings are different, are they? Something we may want to discuss in the Q&A today. I have no conclusion about it. Instead of very uncertain times, we could also say we live in very possible times. Neither uncertainty nor possibility specifies any particular future outcome. Both uncertainty and possibility leave the essential unknown character of the future intact. Both allow for a range of future outcomes. One of our tradition's best known statements about possibility is, anyone? All things are possible. All things are possible. <laughs> The one I have in mind is Suzuki Roshi's, where he says, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. Says it in this book. Right off the bat. <laughs> in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. When we hear these words, maybe we think this is a critique of the expert mind. After all, isn't he saying that the expert mind is more lacking than the beginner's mind? It sounds that way to me. It sounds as if he's saying that the expert mind lacks the quantity of potential outcomes that a beginner's mind has quantity of potential outcomes. We might even be tempted to conclude that Suzuki Roshi means that the expert mind is not as good as the beginner's mind. Is he saying that? Not as good. After all, he also says that, and this is a quote, the goal of practice is always to keep our beginner's mind. This is a very strong statement. The goal of practice. The very goal of practice. Not one of the goals. <laughs> the goal of practice is always to keep our beginner's mind. So if that is the very goal of Zen practice, to keep our beginner's mind, why would we ever desire an expert mind? 
It may also be the case when we hear Suzuki Roshi's words that we may think in terms of quality of knowledge. After all, isn't that what minds are for, to know things? And to know them well. To know them accurately. To know them in accord with reality. So perhaps Suzuki Roshi is saying that in the mind of the beginner, it is possible to better know things than in the mind of the expert. Is he saying that? His is certainly a complex statement as he considers what possibilities may emanate in the future from a human mind. What if we substitute uncertainty in place of possibility in Suzuki Roshi's famous sentence and we say instead, in the beginner's mind there are many uncertainties, but in the experts there are few. This sounds more conventionally correct, doesn't it? It seems to say that the beginner mind lacks confidence or isn't as good as the expert mind or perhaps, perhaps isn't as accurate. And that would make sense in the way that we usually think of beginners or experts, wouldn't it? Beginners are uninformed lack experience and are often wrong while experts are expected to get it right. One of the things, of course, that makes Suzuki Roshi's statement so compelling in its paradoxical qualities is that he himself was an expert. His expertise was in those two special pillars of our practice, wisdom and compassion. He was a wisdom and compassion expert, as all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas who came before him have been. And as all of those who will come after also will be. And so it seems that this expert in wisdom and compassion denigrates his own expertise by specifying the lack of possibilities inherent in his own expert mind. Is he saying that? Is he saying that a beginner's mind has greater possibility for wisdom and compassion or for enlightenment even than the expert mind? After all, Suzuki Roshi also says, and this is a quote, the beginner's mind is the mind of compassion. When it is compassionate, it is boundless. The beginner's mind is the mind of compassion. When it is compassionate, it is boundless. Why is the beginner's mind the mind of compassion? And what is boundlessness if not infinite possibility? Maybe when Suzuki Roshi speaks of the many possibilities of the beginner's mind, 
he is speaking of not just many possibilities, but boundless possibilities. Going well beyond knowledge, beyond wisdom, perhaps even beyond compassion itself. Maybe he is really speaking of life itself. Life itself. And of the future of life itself. When he says, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. But in the experts, there are few. And that in thinking about life itself and about the future of life itself, rather than of knowledge or of wisdom or of compassion, it also makes sense if we again say, in the beginner's mind, there are many uncertainties, but in the experts, there are few. Perhaps he is saying that if you are a beginner, or if you possess beginner's mind, you have the opportunity for unique experience brought about by the changes that occur both to your practice and to your life until such time as there is very little difference between the two. And that in the mind of an expert whose practice in life may have already come substantially close together, such possibility may not exist with the same potential as it might in yours or mine. And what is the nature of this difference in potential, this differential between the beginner's mind, which might also be thought of as all of the beginner's possible future outcomes, and the expert's mind, which might be thought of as all of the expert's possible future outcomes. In other words, what is the difference between the many possibilities and the few possibilities that Suzuki Roshi speaks of? Clearly, there is a difference between many and few. It is clearly a mathematical construct he uses many and few. We could subtract few from many, for example, and we might expect the remainder to still be substantial. And moreover, where do these many or few possibilities exist? How do they manifest? Are they actions or results or decisions? Are they, in a sense, everything? Masters like Suzuki Roshi are full of surprises, but often those surprises are our surprises, not theirs, because masters are wise. And I think Suzuki Roshi might agree if I say that uncertainty or possibility which we could also think of as how a beginner will develop over time into an expert is a most important realm 
because it is there that the future is born. And the future emerges as uncertainty or as possibility give way to reality. And in this realm, experts and masters may not be nearly as important, not nearly as possible, not nearly as surprising as beginners. And I think masters know this very well. And that is why they spend most of their time with beginners like you and me. Teaching us. And generating our surprises rather than their own. Because they know very well that in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. But in the experts, there are few. This statement is not idle flattery of beginners by Suzuki Roshi, but is a very important form of encouragement. And we should take deep satisfaction as we recognize that the universe compensates our lack of experience and wisdom by endowing each of us with our own potential. So when you hear Suzuki Roshi's words, may you be reminded of your own potential and of its vital importance. And may you pursue it in whatever appropriate ways, fast or slow, large or small, today or tomorrow. And may you help others achieve theirs just as masters do, just as experts do. Any beginning effort that you put forth out of your potential is the heart of Zen. As Suzuki Roshi says, if you keep your original mind, the precepts will keep themselves. The thought, the effort, and the heart to put the world right. As we understand right to be. Right action. Right speech right livelihood, right thought, are all rooted in the enormous potential that silently, like a shadow universe, accompanies beginnings and that accompanies beginners. And when potential turns to effort and to practice, there is the quality of manifesting the future from the ephemeral of turning possibility into actuality as if creating something from nothing, as if creating form from emptiness.
As Emily Dickinson, the greatest of poets who lived her entire life with a beginner's mind and did not offer her work to the world to see during her lifetime. As an expert might, wrote about her own practice. I dwell in possibility. A fairer house than prose, more numerous of windows, superior for doors. Of chambers as the cedars, impregnable of eye, and for an everlasting roof, the gambrels of the sky. Of visitors, the fairest, for occupation, this. The spreading wide my narrow hands to gather paradise. May your potential be vast. May your possibilities be myriad. And may your uncertainties resolve with the extraordinary positive energy as that released by Siddhartha Gautama, a prince of Kapalavastu, as he sat still and silent beneath the Bodhi tree eons ago. Buddha's awakening, during which he transformed from beginner to expert, released a power so vast that we bask in its warmth this morning, like rays that left a distant planet light years ago. And as you begin your practice anew each day, may you too gather paradise in your own narrow hands, just as Emily Dickinson did, just as Suzuki Roshi did, and just as Buddha did.